Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. Free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or I've made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636 778 3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Everyone always asks me where I get my meat from, and given that I really eat meat on a daily basis, um, typically beef primarily, uh, my meat is very important to me. I have an autoimmune condition, and I want grain-free, corn-free meat, and I just haven't found the confidence in stores in knowing that I'm getting 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And I have searched and searched and searched for the right farm, and I have found the farm. It's fedfromthefarm.com, fed, F-E-D, fromthefarm.com. These farmers are amazing. It's a, it's, it's a family. They're, they're here in Missouri, and they have the desire, just like I do, to see people well and to see people healthy, and they put a lot into what they do. It's such a wonderful family to support. They do uh, offer 100% grass-finished, grass-fed, meaning that's it, uh, a beef, and I get my ribeyes, I get uh, you know my ground beef, my ground sirloin, I get my chuck roast. I mean, they basically have everything. They even have awesome jerky, but they also have eggs, they have chickens, and they have turkey. I'm planning on getting a turkey uh, for Thanksgiving, and if you'd like lamb, they have that as well. Uh, but if you are in need of good quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, or quality eggs, chicken, Turkey, uh, don't don't just settle for what you're getting at the local store. Uh, 
to go out on the internet and check out Fed from the Farm. Uh, that you can arrange a pickup or you can have it delivered to your for, for to your home, and I can guarantee you you're going to taste the difference. Uh, for me, it my health actually depends on it, so I really thank God to have found such a great farmer. Fedfromthefarm.com. I hope it blesses you. Okay, well, great to be with you guys this Saturday. It's another beautiful Saturday, so I have a feeling that we'll probably have a few less people on here live with us. That's kind of how it goes as the summer goes. Uh, but I do notice that a lot of you are listening during the week, and, and I appreciate the comments that you still make on the post. Um, I think we're all still seeing those, and I think we all, we can like all get dialed in with you on whatever your questions are or whatever your situation is. So uh, please, if you're not able to listen to this live and you're listening to it into your week, uh, please still put your questions or comments or suggestions in, in this because I think we all appreciate it very much. Uh, the first topic I want to talk about under nutrients and ingredients is uh, the common foods that we feed our kids um, and why it's just so important to follow the ingredients on uh, what you're feeding your children versus the like actual nutrition list. And there's just so much sugar in, in what's available for our kids. And I, I just wanna try to help you guys to understand how important it is to really watch the amount of sugar that your child is consuming because it's gonna have so much to do with how they learn throughout the day. Uh, it's gonna have so much to do with how their uh, immune system is gonna start uh, growing and the type of immune system that they're going to have as they get older. Um, it's also going to have a lot to do with the way that their body responds to food for the rest of their life and the desires that they have for food. And um, a lot of times we find or I hear people say things like, well, I don't want to restrict them because, I, you know, they're a kid and I don't want to put them in a position to where, you know, they feel like they can't have anything. But it, on the contrary, I believe that there was just some sort of weird oddball shift that happened. I'm 45, going to be 46 in May. I'm pretty sure that's how old I am. I might be 46. I don't know. We'll figure it out later on. But I think I'm 45. And um, it feels like there was a really significant hardship because when I was growing up, and of course I had an older brother and an older sister, that were 10 and nine years older than me. So I saw how they were raised and then I saw how I was raised and there were some slight differences and variables in different areas. Um, but I mean, we, my parents were the opposite and it wasn't like they were bodybuilders or fitness gurus by any stretch. I mean, my dad did work out on the regular, but uh, I mean, they didn't just act like it was okay for us to have whatever we wanted. And we didn't dictate what we were going to eat or what we were not going to eat in any way. I mean, they basically put the food on the table and that's what we ate. In fact, a lot of times they put the food on our plate and we ate what was on our plate and we actually ate all that was on our plate because it cost them all the money that they had to buy it. So we didn't waste any of it. But there was never a, a time where I felt like I heard parents say, well, you know, they're a kid, so I don't want them to feel restricted. I don't want them to feel like there's anything that they can't have. Um, I just never remember these scenarios when I was growing up. I mean, grade school, even high school, I don't remember those scenarios. I remember parents caring. Of course, all families had different, you know, ways of doing things and different thought processes, but I just remember parents caring about what their kids ate and they didn't let them over consume on sugar and they they were not constantly you know their afternoon snack wasn't a chips ahoy cookie or an oreo um they had them eating an apple uh they had them eating peanut butter uh, i mean they're just it was just a lot different when i was growing up now when my sister and brother were growing up i honestly feel like it was worse i feel that they were even more strict uh with them and the way that they were eating um, but then I also kind of feel like, uh, it, you know, other parents were more strict. That just as a society as a whole, we were taking more consideration into what we were allowing to come into our body. And so I think what happened is that we've just had some type of shift, uh, you know, just over the, the, the span of time, like universally, to where it has suddenly been okay uh, to overconsume, 
and that we don't want to condemn anyone for over consuming um, and we don't want to put a child in a position to where they feel like they're wrong if they're eating sugar or if they're eating too much bread or if they're eating too many potato chips because we don't want them to create some, some type of disorder. But the reality is, is that we're actually creating the disorder by not having order. So the lack of order creates the disorder. And we put kids in a position to where they're going to spend the rest of their life obese because they have no idea how to manage their plate. They can have as much of the macaroni and cheese as they want. They can have as much of the mashed potatoes as they want, but no one makes them eat the meat. And, and, and no, one, you know, no one makes them eat the eggs in the morning. They just have the Pop-Tart or they have the donut or they have the toaster pastry or they have the uh, waffle. And that's, it's just impractical to think or to expect that they're going to grow up as a healthy adult when they've spent their whole young adult life just over consuming on carbs and sugar. So I just want to talk to you about a couple different ingredients. The reason why I started my bakery, which I've told you guys this, I believe before, was that uh, when Sophie went from kindergarten to first grade, they actually removed her mid-morning snack. And so she started falling asleep during the reading time. And I mean, she was legitimately falling asleep. And so she came home and told, told us, you know, she was like, I, I just keep falling asleep. And we were like, well, that's a long time for her to go. You know, she has breakfast at 6.45 or 7. And then they're not having lunch until 11.30. And she was used to having something in between there. So I decided I was going to create a muffin that would have protein powder in it, coconut oil, almond flour, all very dense. And then I would give her some collagen with that so that she'd get even more protein. And then I'd give her uh, some berries with that so she'd get even more carbs. And then I'd put flaxseed oil all over the berries so she'd get even more fat. And that was the fix. And so I just started making her all these different types of muffins and she ended up liking the one I made like a cookie and she ended up liking the one I made like a pumpkin muffin the best. And that's how I started my bakery. So then I started bringing it into the gym and giving it to the people I knew that had kids to see if, if their kids liked it too. And then they would say, well, could you make them for me this week? I'll pay you, I'll pay for all the ingredients and I'll, I'll pay you to do it. And then I just suddenly, you know, two years later, uh, uh, last year, um, we sold, uh, a lot of muffins and cookies a lot of them you know in comparison to the to the first year uh, but we usually average 600 to 800 of them every monday and we only do it one day a week so the the reason that i created that is because she needed a nutrient dense snack but she really needed a nutrient dense breakfast because she wasn't going to get a snack and then that breakfast was going to help to sustain her for the long haul uh, ultimately to put her in a position to where she'll go into lunch and she just will not be completely famished now, one of the struggles that we have is what she ends up eating for lunch. Uh, what are the ingredients for lunch? Of course, we feed her a well-balanced lunch, but then when she's uh, the other 50% of the time, her lunch consists of applesauce, a liquid yogurt, and macaroni and cheese. So there's no actual protein in the lunch. The only fat that's really in it is bad fat, um, fat that's actually not good for you, and then a tremendous amount of sugar. We did a macro breakdown on what she had for lunch, and it was over 120 grams of carbs um, for lunch, um, and it was over 60 grams of sugar. That's what she was eating just for her lunch. Um, you know, I don't even consume usually a hundred, well, I certainly don't now, but a lot of people don't consume 120 grams of carbs in a day. And so she was consuming that just in lunch. And so we had a year, which was her, uh, second grade year where she was getting, you could get, you know, a yellow day, you could get, or you could get a green day, a yellow day or a red day. She was getting yellow days a lot, which was mean, meaning she was talking and interrupting the class. Well, I mean, if any of you have met my husband, uh, it's not easy to get in trouble in my house. He's not the easiest person to uh, find out that you got in trouble at school. She was getting in trouble a lot at home because she was getting in trouble at school. The problem is, is that she would come home and say, I don't know why I'm doing it. I know I'm not supposed to be talking and, and I'm trying not to talk, but I don't know. I'm just, I just feel so talkative. I just can't stop talking. So 
that's when we started investigating what she was having for lunch. There's also food dyes that are in the macaroni and cheese, and there's food dyes that are in the yogurt that she's drinking. Those are going to cause excitability. So I'm just giving you some of these some of these examples of my own personal experience, but I, gosh, I could give you examples of client experiences that I've had for the past 20 years where they've struggled with their children's behavior, struggled with their children's health issues and symptoms that they deal with on a regular basis. And it's all very specifically related to the ingredients that they're taking in in their food. Uh, so the first thing that I wanna approach is the Quaker Chewy Granola Bar, uh, the chocolate chip one, the one that looks so healthy, that's so commonly everywhere that we go. Um, I, I, when I look at the um, actual carbs on it, it's 17 grams of carbs and it's seven grams of sugar. A lot of parents will look at that and say, well, that's really not that bad. You know, uh, seven grams of sugar and 17 grams of carbs, that's pretty good. What are those sugars and carbs from? That's a big question. Uh, for this, it's granola that's made with whole grain rolled oats, brown sugar, uh, crisp rice, flour, sugar, salt, malted barley extract, whole grain rolled soybean, whole grain, whole grain rolled eat, wheat, soybean oil, dried coconut, whole wheat flour, sodium bicarbonate, soy lecithin, caramel color, uh, non-fat dry milk, uh, semi-sweet chocolate chips, sugar, chocolate liqueur, soy lecithin, corn syrup, brown sugar, brown rice crisp, uh, inverted sugar, sugar, corn syrup solids, glycerin, soybean oil, um, and then more soy lecithin and molasses. <laughs> Holy cow, it makes me sweat just reading that. Um, I mean, I, I, I just listed off like five or six different forms of sugar. So sure, someone could look at that and say, well, there's only seven grams of sugar, but where are those grams of sugar coming from? They're not coming from strawberries. I mean, they're not coming from cherries that are in there. They're not coming from blueberries that are in there. Uh, the sugars are coming from molasses, corn syrup, corn syrup salads. Uh, they're coming from sugar. They're coming from brown sugar. There's multiple layers of different sugar. There's also multiple layers of different grains in there that really would be uh, not good for someone who's sensitive to gluten. So this is a candy bar that is disguised as a healthy alternative just because it has oatmeal in it. But the oatmeal is saturated in sugar, which has turned it into a chocolate chip oatmeal cookie in a bar form. So there, there really is nothing healthy about a, a Quaker chewy granola bar. So if you're giving it to your kids, you just have to recognize that you're giving it to them the same way that you would give a Snickers to them. Uh, the next thing is Gogurt. And uh, this is kind of one of the ones that Sophie will do. There's a couple other ones that she'll do, not on my time, but on the other parents' time. Um, and I just want you to understand, I'm not trying to put that person down. I just want you to, to learn from, the, from what we're dealing with um, in, in watching our child eat one way 50% of the time and then another way 50% of the time and the different health circumstances that she's dealing with at only age eight. Um, okay, so in the Go-Gurt, culturized, pasteurized, grade A, low-fat milk, sugar, modified cornstarch, uh, gelatin, tricalcium phosphate, vegetable juice, natural flavor, potassium sorbate, um, and then there's cornstarch, there's sugar, um, more cornstarch, more sugar, more juice. Um, so with the Go-Gurt, unless you're considering the um, milk as your healthy ingredient, there just really isn't a tremendous amount in this product that actually represents anything healthy. Um, the sugars on this is nine grams and the carbs on this is 12 grams. So she would be drinking 12 grams of, of carbs and nine grams of sugar, which are very, very likely to convert to sugar very quickly and cause an insulin spike. Another example would be the Mott's, and this is just one brand, Medley's, and these are the um, fruit snacks. And on the front, it says, made with real fruit and veggie juice. Oh, and then it says a whole bunch of things just to make it look like it's super natural and super, super healthy. Now, one pouch of this, these pouches are not very big, uh, is 19 grams of carbohydrates and 10 grams of sugar. 
uh, fruit and vegetable juice blend from concentrate, corn syrup, sugar, modified cornstarch, fruit pectin, dextrose, another form of sugar, sodium citrate, vegetable and fruit juice added for color, sunflower oil, and carnauba wax. Guys, where's the fruit in the fruit snacks? Give your kids fruit. Don't give them fruit snacks. This is just like coming up with a way to give your kids gummy bears, but trying in your mind to accept it as being healthy. At the end of the day, look at the ingredients of gummy bears and look at the ingredients of these. This has sugar. It has fruit and vegetable juice. It has corn syrup in it. Um, I mean, and it has dextrose. It has four forms of sugar. There's nothing fruity and nothing healthy about that. I mean, just absolutely nothing healthy about it. Um, then the other thing that I'll show you is the Danimals. And this is just the yogurt, um, just the plain Jane yogurt. Um, and then it has uh, 14 grams of carbs and 10 grams of sugar. So again, all of these snacks are sitting at around 10 grams of sugar. I mean, you don't want to take in sugar from sugar, sugar from corn syrup, sugar from molasses, sugar from... Um, Oh gosh, uh, uh, brown sugar. I mean, dextrose. Like this is what you're giving your kids when you're giving them this. I'm trying not to. I don't want you to feel like I'm giving you a hard time. I'm just trying to educate you. Uh, culture grade A non-fat milk, cane sugar, water, cornstarch, strawberry puree. It's actually real strawberries in here. Contains less than one percent of banana puree. Um, natural flavors, whatever that means. Fruit and vegetable juice. Um, carob bean gum, lemon juice concentrate. So this one, it just has sugar. At least it doesn't have corn syrup. It has corn starch. It has sugar and it has fruit in it. But at the end of the day, it still has sugar in it. So those 10 grams of carbs are partially, they're, they're, they're brought to you uh, by sugar. When it comes to your children's health, the more sugar they have, the more sugar sensitive they're going to be the more sugar they're going to need, the more moody they're going to be, the more up and down their moods are going to flow. There's just so many variables to how their health can change when you start removing sugar. You know, if you want to celebrate their birthday, if you want to celebrate your birthday, if you want to celebrate Easter, Halloween, you know, like with Sophie, every time we go on vacation, the last day of vacation, we take her to the ice cream shop, we let her get whatever she wants. Um, we don't do anything with gluten in it, so she doesn't do Oreo cookies or... I don't know, a Snickers or anything in there, but she, she gets plenty. She ends up being perfectly satisfied with it and she gets a big one and we don't have any issues with that, but when we do it the one day, we don't do it every single night. Um, and then she eats her Sophie cookies and I bring some of that coconut milk whipped cream. Um, and I get her a bunch of fresh fruit and at nighttime I let her have a Sophie cookie and I let her have the coconut whipped cream on top of it. And then I put, you know, the fresh fruit all over it. Uh, we've even bought the coconut milk ice cream, but we don't bring that on vacation. Now, Easter, we'll buy her one chocolate bunny. Her Easter basket will be all these fun things, you know, little toys and things that she likes and lip gloss and pens and, you know, paper, notepads. And then there'll be one chocolate bunny, one single chocolate bunny. And that's what she gets for candy. On Halloween, uh, we go trick-or-treating. We get that whole thing of candy. We maybe go to 10 or 12 houses and then we go to the church. Um, and, you know, what we do is we let Sophie eat candy that night. And, you know, not nonstop, crazy, insane. She can eat five pieces. And then the next hour, she eats five to six more pieces. And then the next hour, five to six more pieces. And that's it. She'll finish the night having about 15 to 20 pieces of candy. And then that's it. We don't we get rid of it. We throw it away. We don't want it around our house. We feel kind of bad wasting it, but we also feel bad giving it to somebody. So we don't want it around our house. So we just throw it away. We're done eating candy after that. You know, on Christmas, she has the special cookies that we make for her. She has the special uh, pie that we make that her and her dad eat or the special cheesecake that we buy for her and her dad to eat. And it's gluten-free and dairy-free. But those are the ways that we treat her um, in terms of allowing her to be able to have treats. Uh, when she goes to school, if they bring a bunch of junk or a bunch of sugar or a bunch of stuff with gluten and with uh, dairy in it, we have the Smart Sweets gummy bears that we put in the front of her backpack, and she eats those. 
um, you know, instead of what, you know, the other people in the classroom are doing. And she's got a couple other people in her classroom that have to be gluten-free, dairy-free like her. And so they all have alternative snacks that they go to. Um, you, you've got to look at this in a vigilant, serious manner because God puts you in control of this child. You're responsible for their future, you know, and, 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 and they're building that future right now. They're building the sound nutrition, a sound opinion on exercise now. Don't fight with them about it. Put your foot down. They're going to eat this way and then walk out of the room. And if they don't want it, they can go that night without eating. And I'm just, I'm telling you, they're not going to go multiple days without eating. They're just not going to do it. And at some point, they're going to need food. At some point, the fight is going to end. I realize if you didn't start them super young, this is going to be harder. We started Sophie. I started living with Sophie when she was a year and a half. We started her because John lost his weight and he changed his life then. So he started her. But again... Do I think she'd rather have all the junk that she eats at the other house? Absolutely. But as she's getting older, I think she's starting to realize what that junk is doing to her. Um, I think she's starting to realize why her stomach is so swollen and so uncomfortable. I think she's starting to realize why she has eczema. I think she's starting to realize why she has chronic sinus infections. Uh, so ultimately, you guys can change their fate if you put your foot down and say, or I'm not going to have this. I don't want these bad ingredients for my kids. I know some of you, you don't have young kids. Um, and so maybe this doesn't apply for your children, but it applies for you guys. Those ingredients and those foods, they're just as bad for you. So if you're using any of those foods uh, with ease, you know, like, hey, this is how I want to, you know, get a quick snack and I'm going to grab the Quaker granola bar because it's my kids and I just got to run out the door. You'd be better off to fast. Nothing in that bar is going to do you any favors. It is basically a glorified candy bar. It is a <coughs> an oatmeal chocolate chip candy bar. <coughs> That's what it is. And sure, you're going to find candy bars that will have more grams of sugar, absolutely. And more grams of carbs, absolutely. But that's still a fair amount of carbs and a fair amount of sugars that your kids, they just don't need. Okay, for preparation and choices, I want to talk to you a little bit about meat and just get an understanding <clears throat> of the choices that you should be making when you're choosing meat. First one is going to be salmon. We always want to go the wild-caught salmon route because if it's farmed, we have no idea the waste-filled waters that they're swimming in. We have, <clears throat> we have no idea what they're eating on. And just like you, whatever we put on your skin, your body takes it in. Those fish are going to take in what's in their water. I can't remember. This is terrible. The way I'm going to present this is just going to be absolutely hideous. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you ahead of time. Something happened uh, in Japan, China. Something was released into the ocean. Very toxic. Cannot remember what it was. I'm getting older and what we were finding is that people were testing positive over the years what they were finding not we what they were finding is people were testing positive for high amounts of this because they were consuming um fish you know from the ocean that would be near these waters that's just that's just i'm just telling you this because in a farmed uh, per, from a farmed perspective, anything goes. You could be getting anything, anything when you're taking in that farm that farm fish. Now, when you go to a restaurant, that's very, very likely what you're going to get. And there's very little you're going to be able to do about that. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what they're going to have. It's probably, it's going to be less expensive. Other than maybe a place like Bristol's. Um, I'm sure that there's a couple other places. I just don't know of them because I'm not a... A big seafood buff. Um, I definitely have a difficult time because of my autoimmune condition uh, detoxing heavy metals. So I struggle to eat fish because I, I just don't really feel great uh, long term because the heavy metals start to build in my system. So ultimately, 
Um, I, I love wild-caught salmon. I would eat it every single day, but I struggle with it because I go to a homeopathic doctor. She does muscle testing, um, and she checks for my mercury levels, and I, I tend to always be high on mercury if I'm bringing a lot of fish in. And again, remember, my body's set up differently. I don't really uh, uh, release heavy metals efficiently due to my uh, compromised immune system. Your system may be perfectly efficient at doing that, and therefore it may be no issue whatsoever for you to have that fish. In addition, um, glutathione is a great thing to take. It's a great thing to take for many reasons, but one of the, the many reasons that it's beneficial is because it truly um, helps your body to detox heavy metals better, and that's glutathione. And I did a really good uh, podcast on that, it's, and, and I, we reposted it fairly recently here. Um, tilapia would be just a hard no. They're bottom feeders. Uh, it's going to be like shrimp. It's going to be like clams, crabs, mussels, and lobster. They all eat garbage, and so therefore you're eating garbage. All of them will be high histamine. They will all make you swell. If you want to have them as a special treat on an occasion, go for it. If you have an immune system, uh, compromised immune system, I wouldn't do it. Uh, turkey, white and dark meat, uh, it you're rarely going to find this organic. This is one of those things that you're going to need to get from a farmer. I go to fedfromthefarm.com. That's where I get them. Um, also, Costco sells ground turkey that's organic, but it is very difficult to find organic turkey breasts um, or organic turkey thighs. Um, however, Whole Foods will on occasion have it, but in my opinion, I would go to a farmer that you know exactly what they're feeding those animals, you know exactly what you're getting. Then also chicken, same exact thing, always organic. Deerberg sells the Bear brand. That's one you know way that you can get it. Um, gosh, almost everybody is selling organic chicken now. I mean, you can almost always find it. But fedfromthefarm.com, they would also ship you chicken and eggs as well. Um, bison. They are always grass-fed. They're never finished on corner grains. Um, I just had a client, it was Karen from our group here, Karen Johnson. She just told me yesterday of a bison farm and it's called North Star. And that's where she's been ordering bison from, North Star. My cookbook has a lot of recipes that involve bison. I kind of went on a bison kick for a couple years there. Uh, and I, I still love bison. I think it's just a great alternative. I think it's fantastic if you're making meatloaf. I think it's fantastic if you're doing sloppy joes or chili. I really do. Um, but if you're uh, just making hamburgers and you're not, not really putting anything on them, you're going to taste the difference in the taste between the bison and the beef. You know, just, so just be prepared for that. It's not like venison where it's like a hard, crazy difference, but it's definitely a difference. Uh, one Christmas, I bought a bison, um, I guess you would call it a tenderloin, basically fillets, um, but it was a roast, and I threw it in the oven, and I made it for everybody, and they actually couldn't tell the difference. It wasn't until the end of the meal that I said that it was bison, and I mean, absolutely none of them could tell the difference. Um, I have bought bison steaks before, and those are really good also. So remember that anything that's grass finished, so bison or grass finished beef, it is not going to have the same type of fat. So it's not going to have the omega-6 uh, pro-inflammatory fat. It's going to have the omega-3 anti-inflammatory fat. So when you go to cook it, you're not going to cook it near as long. I've ruined quite a few ribeyes this way. You're just not going to have to cook it as long because it's not going to have the same type of fat in there. So just be watchful of that. Might watch your heat a little bit too, just so it doesn't sear too fast. Um, you just don't want to ruin steak. Uh, the hamburger is, you know, kind of obvious, but it will be a lot more dry than what you're used to for sure. And then lamb would be the same. You just want to try to find lamb from a place like Fed from the Farm. You know, a great farmer or a great farm that you know the quality of what those animals are being fed. Um, I've got a great article here on grass-fed versus grain-fed beef, and I'm going to share it with you because I think it's I think it's quality enough information um, that it's worth reading this whole article to you. Okay. 
Consider this for a second. The average American eats more than 60 pounds of beef every year. This statistic tells us that beef is the staple in the American diet and an integral part of our way of life. Now, that isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're eating grass-fed beef. You're probably actually getting a huge dose of perfectly balanced nutritious protein and highly nutrient-dense foods that satiate you faster, so you can't overeat on them easily. Your body will literally make you put your fork down, and that's the truth. Being on a carnivore diet, a venison would be great. I mean, you know, the problem with venison is, I mean, like, who knows what they've been eating? That's all I can say. So with someone like me, um, you know, uh, I have to be sensitive to what an animal eats because then it makes me sensitive. But if you're not in that position, then venison would be excellent. It's a great choice. Um, so we're going to talk about the difference between grain-fed and grass-fed. Um, but while I've been on the carnivore diet, what, what, I, what they're saying is very true because... I can't overeat on meat. I just can't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could take in about 10 ounces, no problem. But I can't keep going and going and going. And then an hour and a half later, I don't want to go back for more. Like, I'm good. You know, I'm okay. Now, if you put uh, egg noodles with some butter on top of them in front of me, I could eat an entire um, mixing bowl full of them. I'd eat the whole bowl. Uh, and then an hour and a half later, I'd be looking for more or I'd be looking for something else, you know, because I would have spiked my blood sugar. I, don't, I haven't had egg noodles in probably 20 years, but I'm just telling you that type of carbohydrate, you would want more. Fruit, you would want more. Uh, putting yourself in a position to where you're on uh, extra uh, uh, carbs and because and you're trying to drive protein from carbs, so you're taking in extra carbs. You're going to want more and more, and you're going to stay in that sugar-sensitive insulin burning zone, which will ultimately make you insulin resistant. Okay, do you know where your hamburger meat came from? Was it healthy or sick? Did the cow live a happy life? This is the strangest thing to think of, but I swear it matters. The answers to these questions relate directly to the well to your well-being as well as the planet's. Great news. This means that you can immediately have a positive effect on both through a simple choice. The first step to that is wellness. Know the dangers related to abundantly available, sold on every corner commercial beef. First danger is the grains. Regular cows raised for their meat are given enormous amounts of corn and other grains during the second phase of their lives. Grain-fed beef is higher in saturated fat and omega-6 oils, which promote heart disease, which is why beef gets such a bad name. Most commercial beef calves become absolutely huge in just 14 months, from 80 to 1,200 pounds. While some of this growth can be put down to protein supplements, any combination of the following hormones will be implanted or injected in them. Estradiol, progesterone, testosterone, xeranol, um, melagesterol acetate, trenbolone acetate, which is a, uh, a steroid that um, working in powerhouse for as many years as I have, uh, that is a bodybuilder injected steroid. <laughs> They're injecting it into the cows. And we're finding out that our own consumption of estrogen from hormone-fed beef can cause cancer, premature purity, pre puberty, and male infertility. And what we mean by cancer usually in those cases is it's breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, and prostate cancer. Those are going to be your, your most common cancers that will stem from having too much estrogen, in addition to the fact that it reduces testosterone in both men and women. Uh, now we can cue the vaccines and the other medicines that might, tip, that might typically include a four-way viral and five-way leptospirosis vaccine and vibrosis protection cocktail, a drug to prevent colostradial diseases, a medicine to prevent calf scours, something to inject that prevents and or treats internal and external parasites. That's what they're being given. Um, now, doesn't it make you wonder what beef that doesn't contain residues of all the chemical and parasitic conditions tastes like? The antibiotics, the hormone and vaccine-injected beef were sad enough farmers 
are adding around 28.9 million pounds of antibiotics. They are used in animal agriculture annually in the States. In fact, around four times more antibiotics were used for animals that were used by humans uh, in America in 2009. And these antibiotics aren't primarily used to treat cow diseases or alleviate their suffering when they're unwell. Nope, they're often used just in case as well as to fatten them up and to make them grow more. The crowded conditions they're raised in also make them sick more often, so preventative measures probably seem even more critical because a sick cow costs money, of course. So what does this routine antibiotic use in cows mean for you? Unfortunately, it could mean antibiotic resistance, but it also means you might be consuming a lot more beef when you slice into that yummy steak and slide that fork into your mouth. Okay, some commercial beef is irritated, which is another way of saying blasted with gamma rays produced by radioactive material or electricity to kill bacteria. They don't know what effect this has on the body just yet. It's just terrible. And this is why people become vegetarians because they don't, they can't stand the fact that this is happening to animals. But at the end of the day, they actually still need to be eating meat. We just need to be farming different, you know, because some of the people that become vegetarians, they actually really need to not become vegetarians, but they've got a good reason to want to. Imagine you were allowed to roam free and eat all the natural food available around you for the first 70% of your life. And then you were denied some of the most basic requirements of life for the rest, fresh air, space, and a normal social interaction. It's like being taken good care of until your old age and then being cast out into the cold. That's basically what grain-fed cows have to deal with. The benefits of grass-fed beef. Organic grass-fed beef may have healthier fatty acid composition and less total fat, contain twice as much omega-3, contain two or three times more CLA, congelated linoleic acid, a potential cancer fighter and heart disease reducer, come from more environmentally friendly, 22 to 35% more profitable and sustainable farms, contain way less toxic heavy metals and carcinogens, contains no antibiotics, vaccines, hormones, and or hazardous drugs, contains essential minerals, antioxidants, and vitamins, including vitamin E, B12, beta carotene, selenium, zinc, phosphorus, choline, panothenic acid, and iron. Sadly, beef that is not grass-fed is often labeled as such. You need 100% grass-fed, not 50%. And we've talked about that, but I'll talk about it in a second. The best way to ensure you're getting, really eating 100% grass-fed beef and getting all the benefits is to go straight to a trustworthy source, meaning go straight to the farmer. Go straight to the farmer because we don't know when we're at a store like Deerbergs or Costco or Sam's, if they if it just says grass-fed and it doesn't say 100% grass-fed or it doesn't say grass-finished, there is no guarantee that they didn't finish those cows on grains and corns. You just heard straight from my mouth what happens when they're finished on grains and corns. That's what happens. Okay, so... Find a find a hundred percent grass finished farm. I go to fedfromthefarm.com. Go whichever one you want to go to, but make sure they are hundred percent grass finished. I brought a local, and this one's pretty close to here, a farmer in, so he could talk to me about his meat. And he was the sweetest man, and I really enjoyed talking to him. But at the end of the conversation, all of his packaging says grass fed. The end of the conversation, he informed me. The last 30 days, they give them corn and grains. They give them corn and grains. So I could not recommend his product, and I felt really bad. And I, I had to tell him, and he tried to tell me, oh, no, it's really not that bad. This is what they do. That was what they do. But at the end of the day, it is that bad. We just read the article. We just know why it's that bad. I mean, we have the reasons why it's that bad. So if you are going to eat beef, I, of course, eat a lot of it, but if you're going to eat beef on the regular, you want to make sure it's grass-finished or you are going to end up with cardiovascular issues. But not only that, you're going to end up with a lot of other issues. So you really want to try to make this a priority for you and for your family. 
and that um, I can send a link to that farmer um, in the uh, uh, you know in our group also. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, being able to get expansion to your diaphragm and understanding the importance of that for exercise and for cardiovascular endurance, but also understanding the importance of that when you are when you're trying to oxygenate your cells, when you're trying to um, basically get yourself into a position to where you want your cells to have as much energy as possible in them, you want to be able to, uh, you know, more or less um, say, I'm getting the most depth out of my breath as humanly possible. So when our diaphragm expands fully, we take in so much more oxygen and our cells are getting so much more productive. They're going to be so much more productive because of that. So when we are compressed, when we have forward shoulder posture, when we have, when we have our, you know, our posture we've been talking about this entire time, our diaphragm is being compressed. We're not getting the depth of the breath. We're breathing primarily from our chest. We're not breathing from our belly. The way that I've gotten myself into a position to where I've learned or got myself able to be able to, um, you know, breathe from my belly more than my chest is because I'll lay down on my bed with my shoulders back with perfect posture. I'll put my hands on my chest and put my hands on my belly and I'll force myself to breathe out through my belly and to breathe in through my belly, to breathe out through my belly and to breathe in through my belly. You can also get in on all fours and you can force yourself to do this. I can't do that because I've had a concussion and it just puts too much pressure on my eyes. So I just do it laying on my bed and I just sit there and I sit there for probably five minutes. I do it before I'm going to bed and I force myself to recognize that I'm breathing out of my belly, I'm not breathing out of my chest. So that is an exercise, an effort that you could put in to ensure that you're actually activating that diaphragm in your breathing. You're doing diaphragmic breathing. Now, you could Google diaphragmic breathing exercises and probably find way more than that. How can we keep from compressing the diaphragm? Chest doorway stretch bar rotations, putting the foam roller in the center of your spine and just lying there with your, with your chest open, putting your head on the back of the foam roller and just allowing yourself to open up, letting all of this get opened up. Uh, another thing that we could do is stick a, the big exercise ball in the center of the, of, of our back and just have someone come behind us and just pull our arms so that we can get a forced stretch. When you're working to get all of this back every day, you will end up freeing your diaphragm. It will not be as compressed. And I mean, if you've ever had to take medicine for exercise-induced asthma, you really ought to consider looking into seeing if your diaphragm is compressed. My chiropractor checks me for it <clears throat> and she adjusts me for it uh, whenever she sees me. So, you know, if it's, if it's out. So there's a lot of things that could be hindering your, your ability to get that depth of breath. Weak lats, weak rear delts, which we've talked about ways with our rows and with our rear delt flies to strengthen those. Too tight of a chest, too, too overworked on, on your traps. We've talked about the foam roller being in here. We've talked about opening up rotating and becoming more open. Those are all ways for you to be able to take that deeper, deeper breath through your diaphragm. And I'm telling you, it is worth it, guys. It can really make a difference. I, I, I made some serious changes to my health years ago when I started making that a priority. But I, I find that I have so much more cardiovascular endurance too. But just endurance through your whole day because you're just, you're getting the breath that you need to get. Like you're, you're getting the oxygen that you need to get every day, guys. You're not compressed. But if you've had to take an inhaler, you really ought to have someone look at your structure. Because I've had a guy, he came into me for acid reflux, severe acid reflux, and he came into me for um, uh, like 
basically uh, asthma issues. And so he thought it was allergies. And I was doing his nutrition. And I mean, I changed his nutrition. We changed a lot. And it certainly helped his health. But I told him, I was like, you're not okay. When you sit on a chair, he had this much of his body forward. He, he was not like this in a chair. He sat like this in a chair. And I'm like, you are compressing all of that. I guarantee you're putting these steroids in your body and you don't even need them. And then you're pushing your stomach into your esophagus. And I guarantee that's probably why you have that reflux. It was probably four to five months. I, I set him up with a massage therapist. I set him up with a chiropractor. I set him up with one of my trainers that does more um, sort of like musculoskeletal, uh, kinesiology, physiology, uh, sort of like rehab work. And still did strength work with him, but really worked on getting him back and then holding him back. Massage therapist loosened up all the soft tissue that was restricting him. And then the chiropractor kept him adjusted so he didn't stay misaligned. He was off of the medication for the um, acid reflux and the medication for the asthma within that like five-month period of time. It was pretty dramatic. This was when I was at Powerhouse. And uh, I just remember... Uh, that me moving to a different level with my boss at that point, because he was just like, you know, okay, tell me about this, uh, what you're doing here. Cause I mean, he'd been trying to help people with acid reflux for years. And then he just assumed that the allergies were coming from the bad foods that he was having. And when the allergies didn't fully go away, even though he took the, the bad foods out, I mean, he certainly improved, but they didn't fully go away. We had to address the structure. And that's why a lot of times when people do nutrition with me, I ask for them to potentially consider working with a trainer at the same time because you're acidic on the inside. And as we change your food, we're changing that. We're making you less acidic, but you're also structurally acidic. And if you don't work on that, if you don't work on getting that loosened up and, and getting everything, keeping everything from being so bound up, you can actually cause internal issues. The internal issues will basically, you know, hinder your ability to, to feel as good as the food should be making you feel, okay? Now, for discipline and spirit, I wanna talk about choices and consequences. Choices and consequences come in a package deal. When we make a choice, we ignite the consequences that come with it. There's always a healthy way. You're choosing the unhealthy way and you're suffering the consequences if you're unhappy. Okay, so if if you are continually going down a wrong path, you're just simply making a choice. And the choice, choice is to veer right and to go ahead and have what everybody else is having. And therefore, you're left to suffer, suffer the consequences of that poor choice. So the reality is, is we can go ahead and go to the left and then we can suffer the consequences of how it feels to feel amazing and realize no food tastes as good as this feeling feels, okay? Choose self-love without a commitment to truly love and care for yourself and how you love and care for is and how you love and care for others. So make a commitment to acknowledge that you care about yourself, you care about your well-being, you care about the temple that God gave you. He gave you this body, you care about it. You're not gonna put a bunch of poisonous ingredients in it because you don't wanna poison yourself. You just want to be able to be as healthy as humanly possible. So make a commitment that every day, instead of looking in the mirror and hating yourself and hating the way you look, or looking in the mirror and saying, I'm not good enough, that you start declaring positive affirmations over your life. God made you. When you talk bad about yourself, you're talking bad about him. And I'm telling you, he's made too many sacrifices for us for us to talk bad about him. We are his temple. Chase after feeling great. The consequence of good choices is a lifetime of feeling amazing. Stop chasing after macros. Stop chasing after the scale. Stop chasing after chronic constant diets and weight loss. Start chasing after feeling great. What food makes you feel great long-term? What food gives you energy? What food keeps the headaches away? What food keeps the stomach aches away? What do you need to be able to feel your best? Make that commitment to have those foods that you so you can stay feeling your best 
Who cares if you look your best, but you feel your worst? What good does that do for you at all? Your energy affects the energy of those around you. Make sure it's positive. Guys, I can't tell you that enough. When I was helping John for those first couple years and he was really having the up and down swings of the, um, you know, kind of the manic depressive to the extreme anxiety, you just wouldn't believe how much that energy he had was affecting me. But I had the tools to overcome. I knew what it took. Okay, I can help him but I can't let it defeat me in helping him. I can help these clients with all these serious problems, but I've got to cleanse myself of those problems and those issues as I walk out that door and I go to my family. So I have to have my own form of declaration so that I can rebuild and and, and regenerate new energy inside me that's positive because I can be sometimes uh, inundated with so much negative. So I will, um, I will genuinely, I was trying to see if I had a book with me. I will genuinely, um, you know, actually confess scriptures, which I told you before over and over again. I don't have this favor book with me, but I'm going to try to post a picture of it later for you guys. One of the affirmations that I've been reading to myself every single day in my office is nothing is impossible with God. Expect the impossible to flow out of and through your life daily. God is pouring out a river of favor on me and my staff and my business. I have that sitting right there and I read it every single day on the door. As I leave my office, it says God can make a way where there is no way he has done it before and he will do it again. Keep pressing on. I have messages all over this office. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Right back here, I have this handwritten message just to remind myself. My true worth is determined by how much more I'm willing to give in value than I take in payment. So for a a one-on-one nutrition program with me, it's $12.99. It's $1,299. I had better give you way more than that because if I don't, what is my true worth? You know, I, I, I judge my worth based off of how committed I am to helping people, how committed I am to serving God's purpose and really staying in line with his call and his purpose and what the Holy Spirit has for me. But at the end of the day, you are contagious to other people. So if you're having a bad day and you walk out the door and you want to tell everybody about your bad day, just think you are knocking them down. If you could just walk out there and find one word or one ounce of victory you could share with them, they may be on the verge. They may be so close to failure. You may pull them out of the ditch. You might pull them out of the ditch. And I can tell you first and foremost, just as a a leader, I've been in a leadership role for probably 15 years of my life now, I guess you could probably potentially say almost 20 years of my life, but I've been in a leadership role for at least 15 years and I praise God for it. I'm thankful that I'm honored that he would have me to do that, but I'm also a human being. And so I'm not different from everybody else. I'm a leader and he's positioned me that way, but I need people that believe in me and I need people that build me up and I need people that say positive things to me, you know, and, 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 and some of you have done that and you don't even realize it. The things that you say, how much it builds my spirit. And then I go into the next person and, and my cup it runneth over then. And so I'm so much more effective for those people. But as a leader, you often end up being the last person, and I'm sure you know this, and if, if, if you're not a leader at work, you're a leader at home. So you often end up being the last person that is being inspired or is being motivated or is, or is being built up, you know, because unfortunately, that's just not how it goes, you know. And I, there's a leadership quote that talks about, uh, to be a leader, you you know, it's kind of like they represent it like a, con- a conductor. They show a picture of a conductor as you have to be willing to put your back to the crowd, you know, because you're not doing it for the display to others. You're doing it for the purpose and the vision and to fulfill the call and the purpose and the vision. So when you're having a bad day, if you could yield those thoughts to the Lord 
and go to the Lord in prayer more than turning them into an actual reality by confessing them to another person, it would just be so much more effective for you and for that person if you could just really watch how you speak because once you confess it out loud, it really truly can become a reality. Now, please let me take a side note. If you've got damaged emotions, if you're having struggles, get to someone and talk to them, okay? Don't hold it in, don't fake it. Don't fake it, you know, and, and never let it come out. Don't bury it alive. Get to someone and talk about it. Write it down in a journal. Talk about it out loud if you need to in the car. But also, you don't have to wake up every day and tell everybody you feel bloated. Tell everybody you ate bad. Tell everybody you can't stick to a diet. You don't have to wake up and tell everybody you need to lose 20 pounds and you don't like the way you look. You don't have to wake up and tell everybody that you've lost this much money and last year you had this much less revenue and last year this happened. You had this much things go on. You don't always have to tell people everything that's going on because sometimes they've got stuff going on too and they kind of need to not hear that data as well because it sinks them even deeper. So really watch what you confess out loud. Watch what you're willing to speak out because it truly can become a, a reality. I watched this movie the other night and it was based off the book, The Secret. And it was about, it was like Katie, I think Katie Holmes or something like that, the girl from um, Dawson's Creek, the show. And then the guy was from Sweet Home Alabama. I'm sure they've been in a lot of other movies. I just don't know what they are because I don't watch a lot of TV. I just ran across this that I kind of put on while I was doing some writing and I had it on. The only thing I don't love about the secret is that there's really no like, there's no faith component in it. Like I love it. I think it's so true that you're, you know, when, once you, what you put out there, you can get back and it's all very biblical principles, but I wish that it connected it to the Bible more, right? So like this movie was really great. I loved how he helped this lady turn her life around all by what her and her family started speaking about and what they started claiming for their life. It really was a good movie um, because there isn't a lot of good movies out on TV right now. You know, so the fact that you could watch something clean uh, that didn't curse the whole time and there wasn't sex or nudity um, was awesome. But I do thought, I do think it would have been so incredible if they could have brought the Lord into it, you know, and, and really made it even more spiritual. Uh, but, but it's just so, it's such truth. It's such practical truth, um, that you're creating your reality with what you're confessing every day. And, um, my, uh, good friend from church, she gave me a favor book and I've really been focusing on it. That's where some of those favor confessions came from. And, it's really been a blessing to me to confess these and to, and to believe God. And I um, posted something on Facebook the other day, and it really just said, you'll get what you expect. And I was going to look it up, but it just said, you'll get what you expect. And so I told my staff that morning, if we expect something great to happen today, it's going to. And so that whole day, I just kept telling myself, I'll get what I expect. And I expect something amazing to happen today. I expect today to be an incredible day. When you own a small business, you can't help but watch every dime that walks in the door because you want to be able to keep these guys working and you want to be able to keep them blessed, right? So we had an $11,000 day yesterday on a Friday. We usually have a $1,000 day on Fridays because they they're low the, the trainers stop training around noon only John and I stay here till six or seven we had an eleven thousand dollar day and we sold four thousand dollars worth of nutrition in one day I know I'm talking numbers with you I realize that's not what we're here to talk about but this is real life this impacts people's lives these people get to keep doing what they're doing and then the people that are coming in and having their lives changed they get to keep coming in here because we had a day like that and we're going to change more lives because of it. But I woke up and I confessed that and I believed that all day long. I just trusted and believed God that we were going to have an amazing day as a staff, as a family, uh, as, as a, a nutrition coach and a health coach and a, and a provider of, um, life-changing information. I believed and expected for amazing things to happen. And I just kept going down the list and things just kept kept happening. And at the end of the day, I looked at the numbers and it was $11,000 a day. 
Now, is that going to happen every single day? Well, I hope so. I'm going to actually start expecting it. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? We're blessed by God, right? There are going to be bad times. There are going to be bad situations. There are going to be awful circumstances that are going to come up. But we've got to be so fueled in the Word of God, and we've got to be so filled by the Spirit of God that we can overcome. We can challenge that situation by all the truth that we have built in our heart. I believe in God for protection from the virus from each of you. I believe God for healing and blessing. I believe for favor. Uh, I just believe for a healthy change in you today. And you make quality choices with your food. And I just pray great blessing. And I just pray that you receive this amazing benefit of what tomorrow means. That the Lord has risen and that we all have the opportunity for eternal life and that he made a tremendous sacrifice for us just last night we celebrated and thanked him and praised him for that sacrifice i hope you all have an amazing easter just a reminder that next week i'm going to pre-record for you all and then the following week you won't hear from me god bless you all happy easter thank you for being with me